Welcome to the Better Doctor Project podcast, where we link healthcare providers of all specialties to help us grow and learn from each other to be that much better for our patients. We sit down and talk about the fun things, the big and bright ideas, and we go over tons of practice tips and occasionally cover some pretty scandalous topics. Join us every episode to keep growing to become the best provider you can be. Let's get started. Hey, BDP fam. This episode is super special to me because the guest is none other than my husband, Dr. John Deo, who is also a chiropractor. His office mostly works with prenatal, postnatal, and pediatric care. So when I knew we needed to do an episode on the tips and tricks of pediatric practice, choosing him as a guest was a no-brainer. I hope you take away some great ideas and tips from this episode to start using in your practice ASAP. The crazy part is, as a student, he actually had no idea that he would end up working with kids. He totally thought he would be a sports chiropractor for sure. And we'll talk about that more in a little bit. Fun fact, I ended up breastfeeding our newborn for more than half of this episode, so just heads up if you hear any adorable cooing or even just a light cry in the background, you know why. Hey everybody, we are here today with Dr. John Deo, and this is actually a really special episode for me because Dr. John is actually my husband, so um, I'm super excited to have him on. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I'm glad I could make it. (laughs) (laughs) I know you had to travel really far for this. Yeah, Um, you know, we really had to squeeze this into the schedule. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, today we're going to be talking about a really cool topic. Um, Dr. John, my husband, he works very, very much with pediatric patients as well as prenatal and postnatal care. Um, So he just has a plethora of knowledge about so many things that can just make those those patient visits a lot more comfortable, a lot more fun. Um, So today we're going to chat about just general tips and tricks as to what you can learn today to implement in your practice to make those visits just as great. So to start off, what I want to do is just ask you in a general way, how is pediatric care for you different compared to adult care? Well, to be frankly and 100% honest, when I first started getting into chiropractic care, studying to become a chiropractor, I actually wasn't preparing to become a pediatric chiropractor. I was more so focused on the sports aspect of things, you know, return to play. And my goal was to always work with those elite level athletes. And so when you're working with athletes, you're, you're very result focused. You're very straight to the point understanding what their issue is, what their goals are, and then coming up with a plan to get to that point. And so when I started learning about working with kids, I absolutely just fell in love. I was like, anyone can work with professional athletes, elite level athletes. I want to be a part of building one. Um, and so that's how I kind of, yeah, <laughs> that's kind of how I, I handle and manage my care, which is you're not so much communicating to the kid themselves, but you're communicating to the parents to understand that you understand their goals, you know what you're looking for, and you know what your end goal is. Yeah, absolutely. So to work with kids, since it's so different, obviously, like you just mentioned, what do you think are some either personality traits, characteristics, or even just general skills that are good for a provider to have when working with that kind of population? First and foremost, I think getting on the level of the kid is always important. Um, I'm a big guy. And when I walk into the room, especially with a child that's, you know, three feet tall and barely standing or an infant, um, it can be a little daunting. I mean, I'm, I'm 
over six foot six right? and <laughs> almost 300 pounds. They're like, what in the world is about to happen? Um, so immediately just kind of breaking the ice right off the start. I usually walk into the room with either a joke or, you know, just to get everyone on the same level. And, and that really just helps take down those barriers. Um, those first couple of visits, it's all education. It's letting them know what we're going to be doing, how we're going to be doing it and, and walking through step-by-step step and always making sure that there's that good communication, letting them know that this is an open opportunity for them to communicate what's going on with their child's health or their health. And one of our favorite things on BDP that we talk to guests about is how important it is to set expectations. And what you just mentioned is so important, even with this population, perhaps even more so because the patient's obviously a minor, so you need to set expectations with them, which can be challenging. And then you also have to set expectations with their caregivers, whether it's a guardian, a parent, whomever. Um, so speaking of parents, um, it's no surprise in the world of healthcare that sometimes parents can be quite challenging to work with sometimes, depending on the situation. Um, it could be, you know, a really intense visit to the ER. It could be, um, you know, a, a recent diagnosis and the patient, the patient's family or parent is just really emotional. You know, not every visit is going to be sunshine and rainbows. So how have you learned over the last few years, how do you handle an environment where the parent is either standoffish or uncomfortable, maybe they're scared or nervous, just anything, any negative emotion instead of a, you know, a positive one. How do you handle that and channel that during the visit? I, I address it immediately. Um, we don't let the white elephant in the room get any bigger than it already is. Um, usually a great way that I've kind of come to break down those barriers with those patients or with the, the parents of those patients is by labeling. Um, simply by labeling, hey, it seems that you're uncomfortable or you seem to be worried about this. Um, what that does is that kind of conversation of addressing something that they're presenting with, addressing that white elephant, isn't me telling them, here's what's going on, here's this is the problem. It's opening up that door so that they can then explain what their true concerns are. And the second that you can address what their true concern is, you can come up with a plan, you can you know, address it. And then you can really start setting benchmarks for what you're looking for as that patient or as that parent should see that patient um, progressing through it, through their care. Well, and I think it makes good sense too, because it's easy to kind of go on autopilot with some of our visits, which we should never do. But, you know, when you are going on autopilot, there are key things that you might miss if you just ignored those feelings of the parent. You know, maybe they're hiding something from you about the, you know, about the pediatric patient. I can't tell you how many times I've treated a pediatric patient for a musculoskeletal injury or accident of some kind. And it comes out toward the end of my history that they had a big fall a week ago that, you know, maybe the parent dropped the kid or maybe, maybe something happened that the parent just didn't want to tell me, but it truly, truly mattered for the care that day, you know, and had I not led the way for that to come out, that's a vital information that you wouldn't have had for your diagnosis and actual treatment. So very, very good. I, I like that. The white elephant in the room definitely needs to be addressed. Definitely. When it comes to patient history on an initial visit, let's say, um, a lot of times for adults, they're the same questions, whether you're going to the ER, whether you're going to a PT, Cairo, whatever. Um, have you found anything in your history that is unique to the pediatric first visit that you would ask? Well, first and foremost, especially in the world of pediatrics, everyone knows that kids tumble, stumble, fall, bang, bounce, right? And so <laughs> it's pretty straightforward that you know, if there's is, so in my world of chiropractic, musculoskeletal injury is obviously 
what we're going to be addressing a majority of the time, but then we start talking about function. Um, so just addressing and kind of making a joke of it, say you have a five-year-old be like, yeah, your five-year-old probably has fallen about 7,000 times mm -hmm. in their lifetime already. Right. So that's going to have an impact on how their body reacts, how it adapts in space. Let's start breaking down a little bit further. So going into, you know, patient history, the way I would be looking at it a little bit different than an adult would be kind of in your primitive aspects. You look at, okay, eating, sleeping, pooping, right? Those kind of things that are being affected. Um, and then on the day-to-day -day mess, uh, on the day-to-day -day life, um, you know, how is this child communicating on a cognitive level? Are they a three-year-old that communicates like a six or seven-year-old? Are they a seven or eight-year-old that communicates like a three or four-year-old? Um, it's addressing those kind of factors and, and figuring out really what is kind of that level of communication that you should be at. If it's a three-year-old who's riding a bike and speaking three languages mm -hmm. and reading books, I'm probably going to talk to them more like one of my you know, teenager, adolescent patients, or even sometimes adult level conversations and just relating it to things that they would see. I can't tell you how many times I would talk about Paw Patrol in, <laughs> in a patient, a new patient appointment or, yeah. um, you know, relating it to the kids. If they're wearing sneakers or Under Armour or something with a sport, you address it to things like they can relate to, even at that three-year-old level or four-year-old level or 50 year old level, <laughs> you know, yeah. you start to look at those different aspects of what they present with, because again, it's that white elephant in the room. It's seeing what's going on. You want to find out how can you relate what you were doing specifically to that patient so that they can understand, um, because that's really what they're there for. They want to know that what you're going to do is going to help them. Yeah. I think, um, I don't see as many pediatric patients as you by any means, but what I have found that works really, really well with my pediatric first visits is to never start the visit with the actual problem. Obviously, after an initial introduction, what I found that works really, really well is I'll actually ask them, hey, how old are you? You're so tall. Just bring it down to their level and just ask them something fun and just show them I'm, that I'm not just a healthcare provider, right? I do care about them. I care about getting to know them. And then once I transition into the actual problem, they feel so much more comfortable with me, which I think really sets the tone for the whole visit. Yeah. One of my favorite things to do is when meeting the kid the first time um, is be like, so how old are you? 17, 18? <laughs> and they're like, no. I'm like, oh, 70? No, I'm seven. Um, and the second that you can get a kid to like, just realize that this maybe isn't your typical doctor's appointment, you know, there's no fear mongering that's going yeah. on there. They just really open up and they slowly become to, you know, really look forward to those appointments when they come into your office. And I think it could possibly be even more important for visits that are a little bit scary, whether they're getting vaccinations or maybe they're going in, you know, pre-surge and, you know, the parents nervous, the kids nervous. Um, so if you can just kind of create that really healthy environment from the start, I think you'll end up with not only a healthy relationship, but a great visit as well. Exactly. You know, those, those stressful situations um, can be stressful for everyone, but it's just, getting to that point where the parent and the child can be comfortable with you to let you know, this is going to be a walk in the park. Um, you have a lot of confidence. It's, it's something that you do all the time. It's always really important just to kind of expose that. Um, and as soon as you can get to that point and just get everyone to kind of take a big deep breath in, um, you can then get to work and, and get the job done. 
Yeah. And, you know, most of the listeners on BDP know that you and I have a newborn right now, which is a whole mm-hmm. big life change in and of itself. So when the when the child is yours, you obviously get pretty used to the screams and the cries and all of those things, you know, but as a healthcare provider, you could very well have a visit where a patient just completely unleashes the worst screeches and wails ever. And it, it's so random. It doesn't mean that they're upset or that they're in pain. You just never really know what kind of visit you're going to get when you have a pediatric patient, right? So I'm mm-hmm. sure you've probably heard a cry or two in your in your office. Just a couple. You know, you get throw up, thrown up on every now and then too, which is yeah. nice. Always have a spare shirt, pro tip. Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> we'll have to make sure our listeners hear that one. Right. So when you do have those kinds of visits, let's say that the patient is just screaming bloody murder, or mm-hmm. maybe they did throw up or, you know, just a very difficult encounter like that. What do you do as the provider? How can you maintain composure, even if it's literally the worst, worst thing you've ever seen or heard? Yep. <laughs> you just, you just kind of run with it. And what I always like to do is I just like to bring, you know, levity to the situation make a laugh out of it. If I'm holding an infant or a baby and he's, he or she is crying and screaming and wailing, I usually will make a joke like, oh, well, their lungs are working great today. (laughs) And then it immediately deflates it. Or if, you know, holding a baby at the same time and all of a sudden they, they urinate on me. (laughs) That's never happened before, right? (laughs) Yeah, no, that's actually happened. And the parents are just appalled because, you don't expect that. And then you just make a joke of it and, and treat it like it's not a big deal. Um, and then the nice thing is, is you can always note that and then come back to it again and just talk about it at the next visit. Um, my goal in those sticky in those sticky kind of situations with, you know, a baby or a child that's going to be upset, you know, has emotional factors with their care, um, whether they're autistic or special needs, you know, you have to address that at a different kind of a different pace, but at the same time, it, it, there's a big time consistency with it. So addressing as many factors as possible before you get to the treatment or the care or the many possibilities that could happen during the care, you let that parent know before you actually start the procedure. I usually tell patients, there's a very good chance they're going to scream, scream, scream. There's a very good chance you're going to see this baby go completely straight, big yawn and relax. I say a lot of times, if it's a really good adjustment or if it is really nice or if it's, you know, the exact thing that needs to happen, we're going to have a nice little blowout diaper. But that's Mm -hmm. the point when then I hand the baby back, Um, (laughs) you know, just addressing those situations, using your experience from past situations and letting that patient know that, hey, this happens. It's not a big deal um, because they're just, you know, so stressed and so worried about what kind of impression you or your family or your child is going to have with this healthcare provider, but by as the provider, letting them know that, Hey, this is something that we see a hundred times every day, maybe not every day, but (laughs) (laughs) absolutely. (laughs) This is not the, this is not out of the normal. So I know your office, because you do work with this population very frequently, you guys have a bunch of things that you do at the office just to make kids comfortable, whether it's, well, I'll let you get into all the details, but your your office does things visually for patients, you know, as far as decor, um, there are tips and tricks that your staff knows what to do to kind of make patients comfortable. Um, there are themes you guys do, events. So can you just kind of um, give our listeners a few ideas that they could maybe implement into their practices um, just to kind of make that experience more pediatric friendly? Yep. Our, our goal is to make that is to make the patient's experience 
unlike any other healthcare provider. Just like if you were to go to a Disney or a Chick-fil-A or a Starbucks, it's an experience that comes with their care as well. Um, you know, in our office, we're very much oriented to, you know, children, pregnant, pregnant women, you know, full families. So every single month we have a new theme. We have handouts, we have games, we have coloring contests, we have stickers, our team members, um, all of our CAs, our, our chiropractic assistants are just love kids and they'll interact and talk with kids too. A lot of them are mothers or, or fathers themselves. Um, so creating that kind of environment comes from that experience too, where we keep things a little bit loose and a little bit light, but at the same time, when it's time to get down to work, you know, we can shift gears and really focus towards that in our office. Our goal, our goals are results, right? Our goals are to get that patient back on track for whatever goal they might have, whether it's walking, bending, twisting, whether it's picking up their, you know, child, whether it's having a child, you know, go through the night while sleeping or having regular bowel movements. Those are things that we are all really oriented to and we're really focused on is getting them the care that they need so that they can get the results that they want. Yeah, I love it. And for anyone listening who maybe your office doesn't see a lot of pediatric patients, but you want to learn how to be better when you do have one, um, there are things your office can do as well. So for example, mine, every time a pediatric patient comes in, we do have little dum-dum suckers at the front office that they can have um, on their way out. And, you know, the kids start to learn that, right? Classical conditioning. Um, when you're yes. a good kiddo <laughs> during your visit, um, and even sometimes if they're not patients, you know, we'll let the parents know, you know, oh, your child did so well. Would you like them to have a sucker? Um, and it seems so little and so minute, but really those little things can go a long way. Um, I know I've had a few kids in the office that weren't even patients who would just be very, very difficult the whole visit for their mom or dad. And the parent would be so embarrassed. But the second we talked to them about the little dumb dumb sucker, every other visit after that, that child was the most behaved because they knew they were going to get a little treat at the end. Um, so something so simple like that can just really help mom and dad, the patient. They can obviously help the pediatric patient themselves. And it's it's kind of fun to give them a little gift at the end of a visit and congratulate them for, you know, being a part of their own health care. Yep. And sometimes if you get those ambitious kids that, you know, love to get their sucker or sticker before their chiropractic adjustment <laughs> or, you know, before they receive their care, a lot of times if the kids are talking about suckers and that's all that they're focusing on, or if they're talking about stickers, I'll ask them, Hey, do you want to pick out a sticker for me? And their eyes light up oh. and they're like, yes, I do. I was like, you can pick out whichever one you want and I'll wear it the rest of the day. Oh. And, and, and that's been a really fun aspect or like if kids are doing coloring contests in your office or you see them drawing something or anything like that, you know, if they're finishing up their picture, you make a point of it. They're putting effort into it. You tell them, oh my gosh, that's beautiful. Hey, can I have that and put it right here? So I'll have my my workstations or the rooms that I'm working out of and I'll just have them peppered with, you know, the kids artwork or just all fun stuff like that. So that, you know, I brag about them or just really make a point of it to make them feel extra special, especially as they're receiving their care. And I can tell you the quicker that you can get to that kind of relationship where they're bringing you stickers and they're bringing you, you know, just like little things to show you that they kind of, they kind of like you a little bit, um, <laughs> make a point of it. And it really helps, especially as their care progresses. 
Yeah, it's actually really funny that you mentioned that because there are some nights you come home and I I see a funny healthcare sticker on your shirt and I never yeah. knew that they picked it out for you. <laughs> that's, yep. even, that's even more adorable. <laughs> yep, it's awesome. So before we wrap up here, the last thing I want to ask, um, do you feel that there is more during our training as a healthcare provider that could be influential in helping us be more comfortable with pediatric patients? Um, if so, what might those be? I mean, what resources should we be looking into as students? And even as a young doc, if this is something we want to get better at, what things could possibly help us learn? Any books or podcasts or just general things to research online? I mean, there's always a lot of resources and things that, that you can look into, you know, whether your education is through, you know, whatever healthcare profession that you're in, um, you know, what's addressed with the world of pediatrics and kids is kind of vague because not always do you have, you know, an actual child in the office. Kids are so spontaneous. They're ever-changing. So as many resources that you can plug into, um, I love to listen to podcasts. I love to really apply um you know, the same kind of knowledge, the same kind of education that I would apply towards an adult, I like to adapt it for that kid. Um, my, 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 my goal every single appointment is to have some kind of education, some kind of engagement or interaction, and then constant encouragement for the progression of that patient's care. So to engage, to encourage, and to educate every single time that they're coming in, um, you can relate that to them specifically. Find what they like to do. Relate the knowledge that you learned in school, even if you haven't worked with kids or in a pediatric practice, take the information that you have and apply it to something that they can resonate with. Um, and so even if you never work with a kid or you work with two kids out of here, you know, being able to apply that knowledge, you know, which can be very vast and most adults don't even understand it. Um, you can apply it into a way that kids can, can really understand it and they can know what's going on with their health. So I'm going to throw in something personal here. Um, as you know, obviously, and some of our listeners, I actually did most of my training at a medical hospital out in Washington, near Washington, D.C., at a VA hospital. And so most of my training obviously wasn't with the pediatric population. You know, they were middle-aged men who served in the military. So for me, I didn't really have a ton of experience with this population once I got really heavy into private practice. And I remember wishing every single day once I got to private practice that I had had that experience. But if you think about it, it was kind of my fault that I didn't. You know, the programs and rotations and things like that that I really focused on and the ones I were a part of had nothing to do with pediatric patients. What I should have done was probably had a little bit more of a well-rounded focus during my clinicals. Um, you saw plenty of pediatric patients during your clinicals, I believe, and I know a lot of people do. Um, and in some healthcare professions, you have a mandatory pediatric rotation, which I think is really important, even if you never want to see a pediatric patient in your life. Um, mm -hmm. It's important because not only do you learn what you like and what you don't like, you learn how to handle situations that might be a rarity for you. I think it might even be more important to know how to handle these situations when they only happen once a year, because what if they happen once a year and they knock you right off your feet <laughs> because right. you don't know what to do. Um, so I think it's really important to go out of your, go out of your comfort zone and put yourself in the position to learn things that you either don't want to learn or the things that you maybe do want to learn, but you're uncomfortable because you just don't know enough. Um, so if anyone is listening to this, learn from me. 
<laughs> throw yourself into um, throw yourself into those positions sooner than I did. Now I love working with kids. I mean, pediatric patients and working with prenatal um, visits is something I enjoy very, very much. But if you would have asked me four or five years ago, I would have been petrified. Um, so I hope everyone listening to this has learned tons of tips and tricks from Dr. John here. Um, and again, thank you so much for joining us. And, you know, <laughs> thanks for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's a wrap, guys. I wish you could all see John in action with his pediatric patients. He creates a perfect environment for each and every kid, which just makes such a difference in the world of healthcare. I hope you were able to hang on to some of the greatness in today's episode to start implementing in your practice as soon as possible. If you're in the chiropractic profession like us, I recommend you check out more information at the American Chiropractic Association Pediatrics Council at acapedscouncil.org. Hey, thanks for listening. To learn more, find us on Instagram or Facebook at Better Doctor Project or check out our website, betterdoctorproject.com. Don't forget to leave us a review and share us with a friend. It helps us reach more healthcare providers who are also striving to make an impact. Thanks again. See you next time.